Hi, this is Mike Adams. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world. Informing America's farmers and ranchers, it's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Mike Adams. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Thank you for joining us and letting us be part of your day as we kick off a new week. I am in Sedalia, Missouri, for the Missouri State Fair, broadcasting from the Missouri Farm Bureau building. Thanks to them for their great hospitality, seeing a lot of good friends here in Missouri. Already stopped by the Gherkin Dairy Building, had my black walnut ice cream for breakfast, so I'm good to go. We've got a lot to talk about. We'll be talking with the State Fair Manager, Mark Wolf here in just a moment. Uh, We'll be talking with Missouri Farm Bureau President Blake Hurst and also Missouri Ag Director Chris Chen will be stopping by as well. But before we get to uh, State Fair activities, uh, very happy to have with us a special guest, the chairman of the House Agriculture Committee, Colin Peterson, joins us. I want to talk about the news late Friday when we learned that EPA has granted 31 more waivers to the RFS. And a lot of people very concerned about this. It's certainly not the support from this administration that has been promised. And a lot of uh, people uh, very upset about this. Mr. Chairman, thank you for joining us. What was your reaction when you learned about more waivers being granted? Well, I was upset as much as everybody else. and uh, I think it tells you something when they release this uh, after hours on Friday afternoon. You know, uh, uh, as you said, they they promised us that they were going to, uh, you know, give us uh, E15 year-round, and, uh, you know, they got the RFO summer ethanol ban lifted and so forth, but with these uh, waivers, they're undermining everything on the other side of it. So we're actually down in demand uh, for ethanol uh, overall because of these waivers that were given out. And the most troubling thing about it is that they won't tell us why, you know, what the reasoning is. They won't give us any information about this. This is completely in the dark. Uh, The only thing we've been able to figure out is by going through SEC. They won't even tell us what companies they give it to, what refineries they give it to, what the reasoning is. Uh, you know, when it's, it's gone from back in 2015, you know, there were uh, seven waivers granted and six denied. Now we have like 35 granted and 17, one denied, uh, 31 and 18, six denied. So, you know, I don't know what's going on, but it clearly is not uh, driven by any data that we can see. Is there anything Congress can do about this? Uh, well, I don't know. Uh, our committee can't. Uh, we don't have any jurisdiction over this, uh, you know, in, other than trying to make some infrastructure money available so that they can get into the marketplace. The Energy and Commerce Committee has been trying to figure out what they're doing. They have the jurisdiction. Uh, you, know, I, you know, they can't get this information. I I don't know. I, I guess maybe you haul them into Congress and try to put them under oath and <laughs> ask them, you know, how they came up with this. But uh, you know, it, it's it is very troubling. You know, the president comes out and says he's 100 percent behind the farmers and he's uh, going to do everything he can to help. But then uh, what the administration does is completely the opposite. So it's it's uh, very concerning. Uh, that on top of the you know the uh, trading situation. Um, farmers got a lot of problems, and in my part of the world, we got a lot of preventive planning, we got a lot of 
crops that aren't looking good. And um, and we had the secretary out last week, and the biggest applause line was when one of the farmers got up and complained about the crop reports and how out of whack they thought they were. And uh, I guess we're going to find out later this morning um, where that's all at. So it's a tough time right now in agriculture. I was going to say, you've heard from farmers uh, on these issues, and uh, those two issues, trade, especially with China, and uh, the RFS issue, they're right at the top of the list, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. And people are very worried of where, where this thing is heading, and I'm worried about it. I, I don't think that anybody has any understanding of what possibly is facing us um, at the end of this growing year and over the winter. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of people... Uh, don't get financed. I've got farmers or uh, bankers that are concerned about uh, what they're seeing. Um, there isn't been a whole lot of coverage of this in the press, you know, because it's not become uh, apparent to people. But I think this could be a very tough winter. And, uh, you know, how that's all going to play out if anybody gets. And when you cut the legs out of the RFS with these waivers, that has a ripple effect through the rural and ag economies. Yeah, well, I mean, that's been the one bright spot we've had over the last few years is the increased demand that uh, has been created by biofuels, both ethanol and biodiesel. Uh, you know, that has buoyed these uh, uh, prices. Uh, but as we've lost this market, now we've seen these prices come down. Uh, corn has rallied a little bit, you know, because of the weather situation. But, uh, you know, it's it's it was a very bright spot in our whole future, and now it's been undermined by what they're doing. And in the trade thing, uh, you know, hopefully we'll get the Mexico agreement passed here, but it's really not a whole lot of uh, improvement over what we had before, so there's not much going to happen there. And then we've got the, the um, China thing hanging over our head and, and uh, you know the, the problem the part of the problem in the marketplace is not the tariffs it's the uh, African swine fever in, in uh, China it's uh, killed they say some people say it's 60% of their herd which is twice the amount of pigs that we have in the United States that has really curtailed the demand for soybeans and soybean meal that's part of why soybean prices are down and the fact that we've overproduced also but uh, you know, how are you going to find an upside for that when we've got a situation where the Chinese, uh, you know, they're not buying soybeans, they're not buying soybean meal uh, to, like they used to, but you know, they're also buying pork now because they're not growing it in China, but we got a 65% tariff on uh, pork meat going to, to China, so that's now being filled by Brazil and, and uh, Europe, so... It's hard to see uh, any upside in all of this, uh, uh, but, you know, farmers are hanging on. They had, uh, they actually treat, treated Secretary Patu uh, on Wednesday of last week when he was out here. And, uh, he's got a tough job trying to explain all this stuff to people. He sure does. Mr. Chairman, thank you for taking time for being with us. We really appreciate it. Yep, thank you, guys. We'll see you. Okay, take care. House Ag Committee Chair Colin Peterson. We'll be getting more reaction to the RFS uh, waivers uh, as the week goes along, but uh, certainly this is very bad news for the uh, the biofuels industry and really, really hurts at a time when the industry's um, ethanol and biodiesel are hurting already. 
Uh, we're at the uh, Missouri State Fair right now. We'll turn to uh, Missouri State Fair manager Mark Wolf, who's with us. And uh, how how have the first few days of the fair gone? Well, good morning, Mike. Yeah, we uh, fair's up and running. Got through the uh, first uh, first weekend. Wrapped that up yesterday. Um, our attendance was actually up the first two days. We were down a little bit on Saturday. Uh, had a great day yesterday. Um, you know, about like last year, I think. So. Uh, uh, we've had some really nice weather. We've dodged some big storms that have come through the area. I think a, another big rain this morning just north of us, and we didn't get any here. But uh, there's enough moisture in the air right now. It feels like it's raining. It's humid, that's for sure. Yeah, a lot of places getting some much-needed rain. Some may be too much too quickly, but uh, there is at least some rain moving through. All right, we're going to take a break. Come back and talk with the Missouri State Fair Manager Mark Wolf and Missouri Farm Bureau President Blake Kirst here in Sedalia, Missouri at the Missouri State Fair. Stay with us. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Don't go away. More Adams on Agriculture coming right up. Bad theater seats, cheap Halloween masks, my apartment, all things with obstructed views. Add to these large trucks and buses. 18-wheelers and large buses have big blind spots, and like my apartment, they don't always have the best view. Bus and truck drivers deal with blind spots around the entire vehicle. Always take care not to ride alongside or too close behind them. Our roads, our safety. Learn more at sharetheroadsafely.gov. Over the years, you've brought them into your home. You were prescribed opioids after the C-section and after Dad's back injury. They helped when you were in pain, and you held on to them just in case. But did you know holding on to unused opioids puts your family at risk? Trouble with opioids can start at home with unused medicines, such as pills, patches, and syrups. You can remove the risk and protect your family. Find out how at www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. Recently on Adams on Agriculture. All right, we're going to talk some trade issues with the president and CEO of the U.S. Meat Export Federation, Dan Hallstrom. Dan, thanks for joining us. Before we get to the situation with China, I want your thoughts on the the agreement reached between the U.S. and the EU to allow more beef into the European Union. What's the significance of that agreement? Yes, I think uh, I think there's several levels of significance with this uh, beef agreement with the EU. Um, number one is that uh, it is one of our highest value destinations for U.S. beef on a per pound basis, and uh, what we've been struggling with the last couple of years is that. Uh, the quota has been overutilized, and you know this, this duty-free quota was originally intended for the U.S. as a result of the hormone dispute going back for decades. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover guitar from your 80s cover band? 
Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. You're listening to AOA Adams on Agriculture. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You can rely on us for the latest farm and ranch news from around the world. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. We're in Sedalia, Missouri, broadcasting from the Missouri State Fair in the wonderfully air-conditioned Missouri Farm Bureau building. It's going to feel really good as the this day goes along. It's supposed to be a hot, muggy one, but uh, the weather a little cooler for the rest of the week, it sounds like. Mark Wolf is with us. He's uh, the uh, Missouri State Fair manager. Mark you're looking forward to a little cooler weather this week, right? We are, Mike. We uh, it, It's been pretty warm to the, through the first four days here, but uh, not bad. You know, it's kind of in the middle of the afternoon, cools off back in the evening. So uh, I've had good attendance. Uh, you know, folks seem to be tolerating that pretty well. I think today's going to be a little bit of a challenge, and then we get uh, get into some really nice weather. How are your livestock numbers this year? They're looking pretty good. Uh, you know, our entries were right there where we had hoped they would be. Uh, Might have been down just a little. Uh, I know the State Fair Commission waived uh, late fees on some of that to try to help that situation we had a lot of our, our farm families around the state that were struggling with the floods and things like that and we're concerned about ability to get here obviously and uh you know less time on the road in a trailer with livestock is a good thing so uh so we waived some fees on that gave folks an opportunity to to look at that and decide hey i, I think we can make it and and so i think that uh, was received pretty well looking ahead to next year and beyond the uh, concern has been uh kids going back to school during the state fair but starting next year that scheduling has been rearranged and should work in the state fair's favor yeah absolutely i uh you know it's been a topic there have been a lot of bills filed over over the last four or five years down at, in, uh, with the legislature and uh, i've been down to a lot of those hearings and listening on what was going on and uh, and this year we uh, they got a bill passed through that uh, is really going to certainly benefit the fair uh, starting in 2020 so uh, schools will be starting on monday after we're done and that, that will that will help and that's really good I, I i'm really i'm really happy that that has happened i think uh people maybe underestimate the educational value of the state fair and uh and you know we're we're an ag state so a lot of a lot of kids in the state are involved in agriculture when i always tell people this uh if they've not been here they ought to come because it it's a great uh, atmosphere here it is very much an agricultural fair it absolutely is you know uh, you look at our mission statement and and what the fair is all about it's the biggest expo for agriculture in the state of missouri every year um, you know, we want folks to, to come out, and uh, you don't have to be in agriculture to enjoy the state fair, obviously. And, and you know, for some of our uh, urban folks, it might be a chance to bring your kids out and let them learn a little bit about where their food comes from and, and, and how, how, we, how agriculturalists take care of the land and the animals and things like that. I think it's just a great educational opportunity. What are your, some of your highlights the rest of the week? Well, uh, you know, we've got a lot of things. Uh, today is always a highlight here on the state fairgrounds uh, with our Farm Family Day, and we've got a lot of things going on for those folks coming into town. And, um, you know, we've got some great concert lineup going out then. If you're into the entertainment side, uh, you know, we have the Budweiser Clydesdale team here all week, uh, and they, they're parading the grounds each day. And uh, draft tour shows coming up at the end. We've got our steer show on uh, tomorrow, which is always a real highlight. So uh, a lot of exciting things coming up to over the next five or six days here. Very good. Mark, as always, good to see you. Great Mike, fair. Thank, thank you, you very for much. having us on. All right. Missouri State Fair Manager Mark Wolf. So um, hopefully a big week ahead. Uh, we'll get a little cooler weather 
maybe those rains that a lot of people are getting up, but people in a fair-going mood, too, and uh, they'll come on out here to the fairgrounds in uh, in Sedalia. All right, I mentioned we are broadcasting from the uh, Missouri Farm Bureau building, and we're very happy to be joined now by the president of the Missouri Farm Bureau, Blake Hurst, joins us. We have a chance to talk with him each year, and Blake, this is a big day for Missouri Farm Bureau. Yeah, this is Farm Family Day, so we'll have 114 farm families from every county in the state of Missouri, and we get to recognize them for what they do in their farms and in their communities. So it's a big day for us. Yeah, a lot of people coming here through the building right now. Uh, you have lots for them to see. Uh, there, there's an emphasis on farm safety, and I know that this uh, this display and uh, who it, 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 uh, is kind of in memory of will reach out and touch a lot of people that have come through here. Yeah, we had a member uh, named Ralph Griesbaum, uh, county president, longtime Farm Bureau member, the most enthusiastic man I've ever met, and just a joy to be around, and he was we lost him in a tractor rollover accident uh, a couple of years ago, and in his memory, we raised a bunch of money. Uh, we've got a display here. We've got the back half of a 4020 uh, with rollover protection. Um, installed and a film with a family uh, Ralph's family talking about the importance of safety and uh, we think it's going to make a difference so we're very proud of it um, some rain around the state I know a lot of people are happy about that not everybody getting it but uh, quite a few areas. yeah it was a nice shower we got uh, an inch and a half in northwest Missouri to two inches so uh, I w- in a normal year that would finish our rain crop not this year we'll need another one or two but it is good news for those of us that got rain kind of give us a, a look around the state uh, you got places too still too wet some places too dry i mean you're all over the board right? oh yeah it's going to be ext- i'm interested of course the crop report will be coming out in a few hours i'm going to pay a lot more attention to acres than the yield estimates how could anybody uh, guess on our farm we have late corn that was replanted we've got corn that looks good from the road but you get out in that and there's wet spots places where we're short of nitrogen uh, our soybeans are all late and very short uh, who knows? So it's going to be a challenge. And, of course, west where we live, along the Missouri River bottoms, there's still uh, tens of thousands, perhaps hundreds of thousands of acres still underwater. Uh, so, so so, the concern there is, obviously, this year's lost. Uh, the concern there is getting those levees repaired so they'll be able to farm next year. Yeah, we're going to talk more about that with Missouri Ag Director Chris Chin here in a few moments. Uh, as we've talked before, a uh, big priority for Farm Bureau, getting broadband access into rural areas. Uh, bring us up to date on well, we're working uh, both here in the state and in, uh, at the federal level as well. I had the chance to uh, testify uh, to a committee, a subcommittee of the House uh, Ag Committee, interested in the issue, very supportive of the issue. Uh, there is money. There are some changes made in the Farm Bill. There's also money coming from general revenues that, on the federal level that will be important for broadband. Here in the state, we've set up a broadband office. We're starting to do uh, some surveys because one of the things we don't know uh, is exactly who has broadband and who doesn't. Uh, the problem is if there's one house in a census block, which in a rural area can be several square miles, one house with some broadband, uh, then the whole census block is, is counted as served, and that's just not the case. Uh, so we've got a lot to learn before we can even begin to make progress. Yeah, but there's no doubt rural America is underserved when it comes to broadband. Oh, sure, and Missouri's one of the worst states in the nation. We're down in the 40s as far as uh, the percentage of our rural uh, residents that have uh, high-speed coverage. You need it for farming, you need it for homework, you need it for medicine. Uh, it's just important, and uh, we deserve the same coverage as our, our friends in uh, cities and, and the suburbs have. But there's challenges, uh, certainly the financing yeah. of it, uh, just 
the population numbers not being oh, as sure. Big as I mean, I, I don't think there's anybody that denies the fact that it's going to take uh, public funds to, to help us accomplish this. Uh, we have great support, particularly here in Missouri, from from rural cooperatives that are interested in it, both telephone and uh, electric co-ops. Uh, so, so we've got that. We've got the people that are willing to do it. Uh, the only question is uh, getting the funding to get it done. On a national level, Blake, I know your farmers are concerned about what's going on with trade, and and now we have the RFS situation, more waivers being granted by the EPA. Um, these are a couple of real body blows to the ag economy. I tell you, it is uh, it is tough because the uh, the trade situation drags on with no uh, no resolution in sight. I think we're optimistic that. Uh, the House and then, of course, the Senate will move on USMCA this fall. We have great hopes of making progress there, but the situation with China seems to be uh, going in the wrong direction. You add that to the demand destruction that will come from the changes in the small refinery uh, exemptions, and it is a bleak picture uh, for our uh, agriculture products. It has been a terrible year, as you know, uh, wet weather, flooding, late planted, but if we hadn't had uh, the production losses that we'll see from this kind of weather, it's hard to imagine uh, what prices would be. I'm afraid they would be at red levels we haven't seen since the 1990s. Is it fair to say, as you talk with your members, patience is wearing thin on some of these issues? Oh, I think so. I think so. I mean, uh, they understand the need to, 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 to uh, confront China. They understand the need to, changes need to be made. But, oh, my gosh, uh, farmers are bearing a lot of burden on this. And the, the market facilitation payments are obviously welcome, obviously helpful, uh, but there's two problems. One, they don't make up for all we've lost and all we will lose in the future. And two, it's embarrassing to uh, the only way your business is surviving is a, is a, I used to say check, but now direct transfer from the federal government. That's a problem, and it's not a very good business model, and we need to fix it. All right, Blake, good to see you. Thanks a lot. We know you got to get to some other things. Appreciate you stopping by. Thanks for the hospitality, letting us be in your building again this year. You bet. It's supposed to be 95 here today, and we got air conditioning. Can't beat that. It's going to be a popular spot for sure. Thanks, Blake. You bet. Blake Hurst, president of Missouri Farm Bureau. And, again, uh, those are big issues uh, on farmers' minds as they come here to the fair, the trade issues, especially with China, but also in trying to get USMCA passed. And, of course, uh, the issue now with the EPA granting 31 more small refinery waivers, allowing them uh, out of the RFS and the demand destruction that's going uh, to come from that. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk with the uh, – Director of Agriculture for the State of Missouri. Chris Chin will be joining us. We'll talk about some of those issues and an update on conditions around the state of Missouri. Stay with us from the Missouri State Fair in Sedalia. This is Adams on Agriculture. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Don't go away. More Adams on Agriculture coming right up. You may not realize how important three letters can be. For a patient who needs type A, B, or O blood, these letters can mean life. But there simply aren't enough people giving blood. Every two seconds, someone in the U.S. needs it. But only about 3% of the population donates. Without more donors, hospitals may not have the blood needed to save lives. That's why the American Red Cross needs people to help restore the A's, B's, and O's that are depleting each day. When you make your appointment to donate blood at redcrossblood.org forward slash missing types, you can help give strength to kids, parents, and grandparents who face life and death challenges. From 
cancer patients to accident survivors waiting for critical surgeries, your generosity can give someone more life. Don't wait until the letters A, B, and O are missing from hospital shelves. You are the missing type patients need. Visit redcrossblood.org forward slash missing types or call 1-800-RED-CROSS to make your donation appointment today. Time now for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. The grain market is holding its breath. For today's WASDE report from USDA, the general thinking is, is that we'll see reductions to planted acres on corn. At the same time that WASDE report is being released, the Farm Service Agency will release its first estimate of prevented plantings for 2019. Today's report may determine if the recent trend of managed money pulling out of their long positions on grains will continue. We've got minus signs an hour into the trading day. December corn down five and three quarters at 412. Sellers knocked down the corn market after the intraday rally tested the 20-day moving average seen at 424. In soybeans, new crop November 884 down seven and three quarters. Chicago wheat September down a quarter of a cent at 499 and a quarter. Minneapolis spring wheat September bid up a penny and a half at 521 and a quarter. Kansas City September trading down three and a half at 413 and a half. Livestock at the Merck. Limit losses being seen in cattle futures. $3 lower in live cattle. Four and a half dollars lower in feeder cattle. August feeders at 134.37. August live cattle at 105.05. A fire that shut down Tyson Foods Garden City, Kansas. Beef processing plant over the weekend set to tighten U.S. beef supplies. Tyson says it plans to rebuild. They're going to keep on paying full-time workers. Cash cattle last week, northern trade, seen in dribs and drabs, 179 to 183. Southern deals at 110. Lean hogs, October, $1.55 higher, 68.52. The Dow down, 173 points. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. Thousands of people contact InventHelp monthly about their invention or new product. Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Call InventHelp now. Best of all, the call and information are free. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential, explaining every step of the invention process. We create professional materials and submit them to companies who are looking for new ideas in your category. We have more than 9,000 companies who have agreed to review new ideas in confidence. If a company shows interest in manufacturing, manufacturing your invention, we can negotiate on your behalf. We have helped over 10,000 clients receive patents. We offer 3D modeling and animation, prototyping services, and we use state-of-the-art technology to present client ideas to additional companies. Join people just like you who made the call to invent help. You have nothing to lose. The call and the information are free. Call 1-800-213-4556. That's 1-800-213-4556. Again, 1-800-213-4556. Hi, this is Mike Adams. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. Welcome back. We're at the Missouri State Fair in Sedalia. We're in the uh, Missouri Farm Bureau building. You can hear the people in the background. This is a busy place, and it's air-conditioned, so it's going to be very popular today. Of course, this is uh, August Crop Report Day, and a lot of focus on uh, 
the numbers, and we're going to go over all those on tomorrow's program. But joining us now is Missouri Ag Director Chris Chen. Good to see you again. Hi, Mike. Great to be with you. Good to see you. Um, I know you're busy, a lot going on, uh, and it's been quite a year. Uh, kind of give us an overview of the state uh, in, in flood recovery at this point. So flooding has impacted almost every part of our state this year. It's been a very challenging year for our farmers and ranchers. We um, Many many acres of crop ground have been underwater for most of the year. They're still underwater in some places. And it's, it's just been a real challenge. You know, levees have been broken. The water has not receded enough to assess damage in some situations. So the path forward is just still unknown. And, and that's unsettling for our farm community. What about levee repair? How do you go back and, and try to fix what, what you know was uh, destroyed this year? So we've been working with Department of Natural Resources, and they take the lead on water issues for the state of Missouri. Um, and we've been doing an assessment of all levee districts, just asking them, what are your capabilities moving forward to repair your levees um, so that we know what we're dealing with? We know that there's going to be some federal assistance available for some levees, but also we're going to have to see what we can do um, to help those those levy districts be able to get that local match. So we're doing that assessment right now. We've been working with the Corps of Engineers as well. And, you know, thanks to Governor Parsons' leadership, he has established a flood working group, um, an advisory working group that's going to help us determine what that next step is going forward in this situation. So while you have some farmers still dealing with flooding, some are happy to get the rains that have been moving across the state today. Right. You know, it's so crazy. You know, you can be in a flood, and in two weeks you're in a drought already. And so that's what many of our areas were seeing. Once that water receded and went away, uh, the ground was just hard, and they really needed a rain. There are areas of the state today that are getting a much-needed rain. Their pastures needed a little revitalization. Um, and those crops that were late getting planted really needed that moisture as well. I think a year ago, uh, one of the things we talked about was the dicamba issue, and this is a year weed control is real, is really tough uh, with all the conditions, and uh, I, I've been kind of wondering, where are you with the dicamba situation with deadlines and things like that, and have you had the complaints this year that you've had in the past? Our complaints are down this year, but I really think a lot of that's because we're about a month behind where we should be for this time of year in growing conditions. So we, um, you know, the, the new federal label has different guidelines in place for beans and for uh, cotton. And so for beans, you can pl- spray up to 45 days. You can do two applications post-planting. But the caveat there is you have to look at what is surrounding you. What stage of production are your neighbor's crops in? Um, what sensitive crops are in your area? So just because the label says you can spray up to 45 days does not mean that the rest of the label is still going to allow you to do that as well. So it's really important for anybody using those crop protection tools to read that label and fully understand what it means. Complaints are down, but I'm sure you're still busy handling those, right? We are. When I left um, the office last week to come down to the state fair, I think we had approximately 40 to 45 um, dicamba alleged complaints that had come in. Uh, but we're still busy at the department. There are other other things that that, that team does as well. Uh, so we are working um, very diligently trying to process those as fast as we can. When you get those complaints, you check them out, obviously, to see if they really are dicamba-related. Uh, is there a kind of a ballpark figure on the percentage of, 
that actually turn out to be dicamba related uh, problems? You know, I don't have that yet because those are many of those are still ongoing investigations. So it's still too early for us to tell. Um, and we really we have to wait until we get all of that investigation process done. So, you know, when, when someone reports a claim, not only do we investigate how they use that product or what they did, um, but anyone who they allege might have been the person to, to um, damage their crop, that's a whole nother investigation that our, our employees have to go out and conduct. So it is a very lengthy process and takes some time, but you want to do your due diligence to make sure that you've got all the information in place before you make a decision. Missouri Ag Director Chris Chin is with us here at the Missouri State Fair. We talked with uh, Blake Hurst about the, the broadband challenges in your state as well as across much of uh, rural America. But it is a real issue. I think a lot of people, if you have good broadband service, you can't imagine somebody not having it in this day and age. But there are a lot of folks really struggling in the state of Missouri. You're right. You know, for many of our, our farmers and ranchers, especially in the southern part of the state, their Internet service is almost non-existent. And it's very slow. It's it's a very big challenge for them, you know. And it's not just in the southern part of our state. The northern part of our state has has a lot of that as well. And so it's, it's a tool that our, our farmers, our ranchers, even business owners in our rural communities, they need that to be able to be successful today with so much business happening online. Um, it's it's important for our farmers and our ranchers to be able to keep up with what their neighbors are doing, not only within Missouri, but all across the United States as well. The opioid crisis uh, in this country, uh, a lot of rural areas very hard hit by that, dealing with the problem. Is there anything going on in the state of Missouri to address that issue? Are you involved in any of those things? You know, our Department of Health has taken that issue on, and so they're working very hard to address that issue. Just, you know, raise awareness about it. Let people know where they can go for help. If they have a loved one who's suffering from that, there's a support system that's out there for them, and it's on the Department of Health's website. Um, You know, just raising awareness about it with the medical professionals professionals as well. Um, It it is a huge challenge, and we really want to make sure that our rural communities are getting the help that they need um, to protect their loved ones and their families. State Fair is a chance for you to uh, really reach out to a lot of people and let them know about uh, different services available through different agencies, right? Right. You know, we have all, all of the departments here in state government have a booth somewhere around the fairgrounds so that they have the ability to reach out to the communities um, that they're serving, some that are farther away from them that they don't get to see. And so we really want people to know that state government is here to help you. We are your state government, and we want to make sure that we're coming to the people. And what better way to do that than coming to the Missouri State Fair? There's a lot of interest and curiosity and skepticism about growing hemp. How much is uh, are you hearing about it? Questions are you getting in the state of Missouri? So we're getting a lot of questions about that. You know, people are curious. They're excited about it. Um, and we have... We've been allowed to grow hemp in the state now. The state legislature passed um, some laws that makes it legal for the state. And through the 2018 Farm Bill, it also makes it legal on the federal side. However, right now we're waiting for USDA to finalize their rules so that we know what path we need to be taking forward for the state. The last thing we want to do is get out in front of the federal government um, and make rules that don't align with the federal government. And then we've already set our farmers down a path of noncompliance. So we're 
we're waiting. We're hoping to see that come out um, here in the next few months so that we are able to get our rules out and allow our farmers to take advantage of this for the ones who choose to do that. Would you say there's a lot of interest in it? There is a lot of interest in it. Um, there's a lot of curiosity as well. You know, there's not a lot of research on it. People don't understand, you know, exactly how to grow it. They don't know how to obtain the seeds. So there's a lot of curiosity on it, but I do think we're going to see a lot of farmers do some test plots to see how it works. Will the oversight be done on the state level or the federal level? It will actually be done on the state level. So we will have to get our rules in place. We'll have to submit our plan to the USDA to get approved. Um, if they don't approve our plan, then it would become a federal um, regulation. But we have every intention of making sure that it's a state-regulated program to help our farmers and ranchers. Are some going ahead anyway while, the, while that all is going on? So right now... Um, for this growing season, you have to be in compliance with the 2014 Farm Bill, which says it's for research purposes only. Um, the Senate Bill 133 that passed this year had an emergency clause in it for the universities to do research on it. So what's growing in the state right now is under pilot project through the universities um, for research purposes only. I think they have about seven tests going on currently, the last I counted. So it's something that you're going to be more heavily involved with, it sounds like, moving forward. We will. It's going to be something that our team is going to be involved with. Uh, we're going to be working right alongside all of the universities throughout the state of Missouri to help them um, to get that information and get that out to the people who are interested in growing that crop. Before we let you go, Chris, uh, I, I know you're you're very much uh, involved in ag education, promoting agriculture throughout the state. Tell us about some of those efforts. Right. You know, it's really important for us to make sure we're sharing the accurate version of the farm story. So at the Department of Agriculture, we've been doing everything we can to connect to consumers. So often we preach to the crowd. But our ag business development team has been doing a great job of reaching out to chefs, reaching out to nutritionists and dietitians, food service people to help them connect to the farmers that are here. At the State Fair, you'll find in our ag building we have the ag venture for the youth where they can go through and learn all about the important crops that are raised right here in Missouri and we're doing that because we know you need to start at a very early age and connecting kids to where their food comes from so not only are we focusing on adults but we're still focusing on youth as well to make sure that people know that their food is raised by a farmer who cares you can't assume because someone lives in a rural farming state that they're going to know those things right? you're right you know just because you live in a rural community doesn't mean that you go out to a farm or that you've been around livestock or that you know what that big piece of equipment is doing out in that field. And so we want to just continually push that information out there and share the good story of what our Missouri farmers and ranchers are doing. And so we're going to start a video series that we're hoping to have up and going on social media platforms by um, the time State Fair is over and we've recuperated. So by September, we're hoping, um, and it's called Farm for Life. And we're just interviewing farmers from all across the state of Missouri. And asking them what does it mean to you to farm for life very good uh, there's a press conference going on that i've got a feeling they're going to want you to be a part of so i better let you go good to see you good to see you mike take thanks care. again missouri ag director chris chin all right we'll take our final break when we come back uh, we're going to learn about a, a, a campaign that the farm bureau missouri farm bureau is very involved in helping uh, uh feed uh, uh, a lot of people uh, so it's a great program they're packing FFAs are here they're packing lunches and meals uh, at the state fair so we're going to learn all about that coming up next so stay with us from the Missouri State Fair this is AOA Hi this is Mike Adams you're listening to AOA Adams on Agriculture don't go away more Adams on Agriculture coming right up my mom's a breast cancer survivor the United Breast Cancer Foundation saved her life. 
Their free breast cancer exam caught the cancer early, and it saved her life. But now the foundation needs your help so they can continue offering free or low-cost breast screening exams, saving more women's lives. Help them by donating your car, whether it's running or not. They'll provide fast, free 24-hour pickup, and you receive a charitable tax deduction. Plus, the great feeling you'll get knowing your donated car is going to help save more lives. Just call 800-745-3327 to set the wheels in motion. They take cars, trucks, vans, and SUVs running or not. Call 800-745-3327. The United Breast Cancer Foundation needs your help, and your donation could literally save women's lives, helping them catch breast cancer early like they did with my mom. Donate today, 800-745-3327, 800-745-3327. over 111, and I had a stroke. When I woke up, I couldn't speak or walk. 145 over 92, and then I had a heart attack. 182 over 100, and I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest, and then a stroke. Everything changed. It felt like my life was over. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a heart attack or stroke are far from invisible or silent. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. If I would have followed a treatment plan, I would not be in this situation. 180 over 110, and I had a stroke. And I'm 33, so I never see this coming. If you've come off your treatment plan, get back on it. Or talk with your doctor to create an exercise, diet, and medication plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhbp.org. I had to tell everything's changed. I had to tell. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. We're excited to explore the topics that make a difference to agriculture. The Farm Bill, immigration reform, reducing regulations, trade, new technology, as well as infrastructure and health care. Through the year, Adams on Agriculture will originate on location from several major national meetings and events. Subscribe to the show's podcast at AmericanAgNetwork.com. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with an SPF of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Recently on Adams on Agriculture. Well, let's get an update on the ongoing battle with soybean cyst nematode. Joining us now is University of Illinois plant breeder, Dr. Brian Deers. Brian, thanks for joining us. I was just thinking in this year with all the crop production challenges, SCN is another challenge, a profit robber, yield robber that uh, sometimes flies under the radar, just not as obvious, not as uh, easily seen uh, as a, a weather event. That's absolutely correct. Here in Illinois, where we have very good soils, we often will have losses from SCN, and people won't, won't see any above-ground symptoms. Plants will look very healthy, but yet there will be losses due to SCN. What you can do is just take soil samples, send them to a testing lab, and they'll at least tell you whether or not SCN is present in the field, and they'll also tell you how big of a problem it is. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. 
The Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council present the story of Cynthia and Ed. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, out of the blue, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. And uh, she didn't know whether she should go forward or, or turn or just stay at the stop sign. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. She was very concerned. It was very unsettling for her. It's important for you to talk to someone about it, to bring the family in on it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, I don't want you to worry or be afraid. I'll be there for you and we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You can rely on us for the latest farm and ranch news from around the world. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. And welcome back. We're at the Missouri State Fair in Sedalia at the Missouri Farm Bureau Building. The last several years, the Missouri Ag Groups have worked together on a campaign called Drive to Feed Kids. And joining me now is Dan Cassidy. He is the uh, Chief Administrative Officer for the uh, Missouri Farm Bureau, and he's chairing this campaign this year. Dan, good to see you. This is, this is quite an effort. It's great to see the groups work together, and you're really making a difference, really uh, able to reach a lot of people, aren't you? We are, Mike. And first, let me say uh, it's great to have you back at the State Fair. It's always wonderful to have you here with us. Uh, this has really been a, a tremendous venture. It started, as you said, a few years ago. Uh, the coalition is headed by uh, Missouri Farmers Care, which is more than 40 ag organizations in the state in, in conjunction with the Missouri Department of Agriculture, the State Fair Commission. So it's really been a joint effort. And, and it, the bottom line is really two things. One, to create awareness about food insecurity, about hunger in Missouri. And number two, to, to producers that raise food and fiber and fuel for uh, our country, getting together and, and to do something about this hunger issue and providing not only uh, food itself, but uh, quite a bit of money as well that goes out to six uh, food pantry or six food banks in, in the state of Missouri. You've got FFA members here packing lunches, right? Yes. It's really, uh, we'll start uh, tomorrow on Tuesday, Food Insecurity Day. So we have about 750 FFA students from around the state coming together. They'll, they'll pack in two shifts during the day. But uh, our goal is to, to pack about 125,000 meals uh, tomorrow, again, for Feeding Missouri, which is a coalition of the state's six regional food banks. Unfortunately, the need continues to grow, right? Not just our state of Missouri, an agricultural state. And, and really, uh, I think there's some disbelief that how could, how could we have hunger like yeah. this? You know, we, we tend to talk about obesity rates and things like that. But hunger is, uh, is something that's it's invisible in many of these rural communities. Uh, but we see there's a real need. In fact, the statistics would say that uh, one in five children in Missouri are food insecure. And in some counties, in some rural areas of the state, it's one in three children. Uh, so you can see it's, it's very serious. Yeah, and a lot of these kids depend on, say, the school lunch program. If it wasn't for that, and that's why summer times are really tough when yes. they're out of school, but it just shows the need that is out there. You know, and, and yes, that's true. There's a tremendous amount of need and something that I think is heartwarming. We, we tend to hear so much about bad things in today's world, but there's a lot of good things going on, whether it be 
uh, churches, uh, uh, school systems themselves, teachers. Uh, I know, and we I live in a, a rural school district, uh, and the teachers get together. Our church uh, does buddy backpacks every week. Right. Uh, but you're right; in the summertime, it makes it more difficult, where you don't have access to those kids every day like you do during the school year. And these food banks, food pantries. Uh, the demand is so great, it's hard for them to keep up. It, it really is. And, w- and when you talk to the, the directors of the food pantries, they're so thankful uh, for not only the awareness that this effort creates that to let people know that this is a real issue, but also that the money that's raised goes back to those local food banks. So when you raise, uh, whether it be canned items or food, it goes right back to those local areas. And that's, I think, why this, this effort has grown like it has over the, the past few years. Like, say, this year, uh, we hoped uh, Saturday night during the, the big concert here at the State Fair, uh, we'll present a check. Uh, the, the value of this year's program will exceed $160,000 in, in cash. Uh, last year we raised uh, almost 19,000 uh, pounds of food in addition to that. And then, like I say, it was about 100,000 meals last year. We'll, we're hoping for 125 this year, 125,000. So the effort continues to grow. Awareness about this issue. You know, I think, too, uh, when you're involved in a campaign like this, uh, in whatever capacity, but it opens your eyes to the needs of those around you. It, it really does. You know, and again, it's not something you talk to a talk to a school teacher, uh, talk to a rural minister, and, and they can share with you what they're hearing and what they're actually seeing the need is. And, and think about in the school system, uh, kids that are hungry aren't aren't going to learn very well. And so there's a lot of reasons uh, why we should be doing this. And like I say, there's an awful lot of good things going on that we don't typically hear about. So this is an ongoing campaign then, right? It, it is. In fact, uh, it culminates here at the State Fair. Uh, when we get past this year and, and this coming Saturday, uh, we'll start to look ahead and, and actually looking at uh, additional partnerships. This year, 4-H clubs around the state have, have gotten involved. University of Missouri Extension has gotten involved. And so there's a lot of additional players coming to the table under this umbrella of, of feeding children, feeding people in the state of Missouri, and we think that's a really good thing. So you'll start working on the next uh, leg of the campaign right after this one, right? We will. It, we will. And, and, again, we have some tremendous partners. This really is an agricultural co- uh, coalition, uh, and so every year it seems like we bring additional sponsors on to the program. But it's really agriculture stepping forward to say, hey, we produce a lot. It, we want to step forward and actually provide cash and additional food uh, to try to, to eradicate hunger in this state. And Missouri Farmers Care, that group, that organization, you've really grown, right? Are you continue to get more groups to come into and be a part of that? We are. The, the coalition itself, Missouri Farmers Care, started several years ago. Uh, today I think we're up to about 43, 44 organizations in the state. Uh, operates by consensus, and so we, we meet on a regular basis. We have a full-time executive director. Uh, we have a woman that works on, on marketing and works on the Drive to Feed Kids program. You know, a lot of this can be traced back to uh, a former chairman of Missouri Farmers Care, uh, Dr. Alan Wessler with MFA, who's retired now. But he went up to Iowa and saw what they were doing there and kind of brought this concept to Missouri. And then from there, we've seen people just kind of latch on to it with uh, Missouri Farmers Care kind of spearheading the effort. Yeah, we've seen these efforts in several states. And, uh, I mean, obviously providing a great service, but it's great to see the groups come together and work together on a, on a great cause like this. You bet. And, and this is a, because this is a win-win, really. There's, there's, this isn't something that we run into opposition somewhere in the state. It's just the opposite. People hear about it. They see what's going on. If they have a chance to come in and see this food packing event where, you know, you have 750 FFA kids working together. Uh, Thursday of this week, we'll have uh, elected officials from the state come in, and they'll be packing buddy backpacks. Two opportunities to showcase uh, the needs in, in rural Missouri, but really throughout Missouri with regard to hunger. And, and w- again, once people see this and they have a chance firsthand uh, to help, we've got them hooked. 
Here in Missouri, it's called the Drive to Feed Kids, and the uh, chairman of this uh, effort this year is Dan Cassidy with Missouri Farm Bureau. Dan, keep up the good work. Thanks Thank you, a lot. Mike. All right. With that, we're going to wrap things up for today from here at the Missouri State Fair in Sedalia. And again, thanks to Missouri Farm Bureau for hosting us in, in their building. And uh, always great to come back. A wonderful agricultural fair. A lot of good friends to see here and uh, really enjoying our time and our visit and enjoying uh, uh, the sights and sounds of the State Fair. Wherever your State Fair is, uh, whenever it's going on, hope you can get out and support it. Uh, as well. Thanks for being with us tomorrow. We'll talk about the crop report numbers and much more. Hope you'll join us right here on AOA Adams on Agriculture. Hi, this is Mike Adams. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world. I spend a lot of time in the garage, but even more time in the rain, sleet, and mud. In 95, I helped tow your moving trailer. In 05, I helped you get out of a ditch. Yeah, I know I'm a bit rusty, and sadly in 09, it was sparks from me. Your handy chains dragging behind your truck that accidentally started a wildfire. Sparks from dragging chains can start a wildfire. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go. Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council.